This morning, I want to take some time and talk about some lessons that I believe we can learn from that great character, Peter. And this morning, I want to talk about one particular instance in the life of Peter. Of all the people in the New Testament, in my estimation, Peter is one of my very favorite characters. I really love to study about the life of Peter because Peter was an individual that was so very human. He was the kind of individual that was very, very impulsive. And yet, in effect, Peter is like so many of us today. And I don't mean this in any way to downgrade Peter at all. I don't mean to lower him in anyone's estimation at all, but the fact that a man like Peter could be an apostle of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I believe ought to be a continual source of encouragement for every one of us. If Peter could be an apostle, then certainly every one of us can be faithful New Testament Christians. You know, it's certainly great to think about Peter's life. You think about that outstanding sermon he delivered on Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, or you think about many of the times that he spent in conversation with our Lord. But today, I want to think about one particular event in the life of Peter, and that is his denial of Jesus Christ. And I want us to try to draw some very practical lessons that I think can encourage us on a daily basis as we look at this part of God's word. Now, I might suggest to you as we begin this morning that Peter's denial of Christ, that it actually took place during the time when our Lord was on trial before Caiaphas, the high priest. Actually, uh, Peter's uh, denial here is simply an interruption of that trial. It just seems like that all the gospel writers just seem to pause for a moment and they allow us to see what's going on in the life of Peter at this particular instance. And I don't know why it is, but for some reason, all four gospel writers chose to record this particular instance in Peter's life. And I think for us to really get a proper grasp in order to understand the entire picture here, we're going to have to look at all four accounts. Now, it may be that these gospel writers showed and did this to show beyond any doubt that they were honest, to say the least. You know, you'll have to say at the least that these writers were honest because they told not only the positive, but they also told the negative in regard to the characters about which they wrote. You know, if I were Peter, I might have gone to Peter. I might have gone to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and say, you know, why don't you just kind of overlook this a little bit? Just kind of leave that part out, you know, about me denying it. Let's just kind of forget that that ever happened. But, you know, those writers were honest. That's one of the proofs of Bible inspiration. They showed that Peter was both right and wrong on occasions. Now, Matthew records this in Matthew 26. I want to ask you to take your Bibles and turn there with me to Matthew chapter 26. Mark records this in Mark chapter 14, 
Luke does so in Luke chapter 22, and John does so in John chapter 18. And so let's learn some things today that can help us and motivate us to be more faithful. Now we ought to realize that this account of these four gospel writers, they not only emphasize their honesty in what they wrote, but you know, these writers really talk about and emphasize the tremendous burdens that Jesus Christ had to bear on this terrible and awful night. And we ought to forever be impressed about what our Lord Jesus Christ had to endure, not only on the cross, but even the anguish and the mockery and the persecution and the suffering that he endured before the cross became a reality. Let's just look, if you will, now at Matthew's account. Let's understand what transpired. And then from time to time, we're going to look at some detail from the other gospel accounts in regard to this incident of Peter denying Jesus Christ. Now, in the first part of Matthew chapter 26, down through verse 30, we read here about the Last Supper. We read about when that supper was finally over. Notice here in verse 31 that Jesus said, all of you are going to be offended because of me this night. He said, it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter answered and said, Though all men shall be offended because of you, Lord, I will never be offended. And Jesus said unto Peter, Verily I say unto you, That this night before the cock crow, you will deny me three times. But Peter said, Lord, though I should die with you, Yet I will never deny you. Likewise said all the disciples. It wasn't just Peter here, but all of them were saying, Lord, there is just simply no way that we would ever turn our backs on you. We would never deny you in any way. Now, if you look down at verses 36 through 46, we find the account of Jesus being there alone in the garden with Peter, James, and John. In verses 47 through 55, we read the account of Judas as he comes and he betrays the Son of God. We also read in this particular part about the arrest of Jesus and how our Lord is carried off before the high priest. If you look down at verse 58, the Bible says about Peter, but Peter followed him from afar off under the high priest's palace, and he went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Now, verses 59 through 68, here we find the actual trial of our Lord. And the part I really want to emphasize in detail is verses 69 through 75, which is Matthew's account of Peter denying the Lord. Now, verse 69 says, Now Peter sat without at the palace, and a damsel or a servant girl said unto him, You were also with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what you say. 
And when he was gone out into the porch, another saw him and said unto him that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with an oath, I don't know the man. And after a while came they unto him that stood by and said unto him, Surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Your, your accent is giving you away. And he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man, and immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, you shall deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Now, we've already seen in the reading today, in this context, that Peter said, listen, I will never deny you. Lord, there is simply no way under heaven that will ever happen. All men on this earth may be offended because of you, but not me, Lord. I will never be offended. Peter even went so far as to say, Lord, though I may have to die with you, I will not deny you. But Peter met some very powerful temptations. Peter found himself in some very difficult circumstances and Peter ended up doing the very thing that he vowed to himself and to his Lord that he would never now, before we look at this denial in detail, I think it would be fair just to briefly look at the other apostles as well. I think if we're not really careful sometimes, we can find it very easy to go ahead and just jump all over Peter for what he did in denying the Lord and not really see and understand what transpired in the lives of the other apostles as well. Now, you'll recall in these earlier verses of Matthew 26 during the supper that Judas left. Judas was one of the 12, and he went out. He sought opportunity to betray the Son of God. And then after the supper, we read in verse 31, Jesus said to them, All of you are going to be offended because of me this night. And of course, they all said, Lord, there is no way that's going to happen. If you go ahead and look down at verse 56, here we find the multitude had come to the garden to arrest Jesus Christ. And you can imagine the scene where they had come with their swords and their torches and all their equipment. And the Bible says in verse 56, then all the disciples, all of them, not a single one was left behind. All of them forsook him and they fled. They ran away quickly. Not only did they not stand with Jesus, not only did they just forsake the Son of God, but the Bible says every one of them fled. They ran away from him as quickly as they could. However, if you look at John's account in chapter 18 and verse 15, John records that Peter and John, and John is referred to here as that other disciple, Peter and John finally gained enough courage that they stopped their running from the Lord and turned around and they sort of began following the Lord from afar off. 
Only these two, as far as we know, all the other disciples just forsook him and fled. We don't know where they are. They're hiding somewhere. But finally, it seems that Peter and John at least got enough courage that they stopped their running and they began to follow Jesus Christ from afar off to the high priest's palace to observe and to see the end of what's going to transpire. Now, we really don't know what happened to John while he was there with Peter in the palace. The Bible does not tell us that John denied the Lord. We simply do not know. We don't know what happened to all the other apostles during this period of time except for the fact that they forsook the Lord and they fled. But we do know exactly what happened to Peter because all four gospel writers tell us exactly what went on. Now at this time, I want us to look at the account of these three denials that Peter made. Now I want you to notice here that the first time Peter denied the Lord, this denial was made to a servant girl. She was a, a doorkeeper there at the palace of the high priest. And I might suggest to you, and I had a PowerPoint prepared, but apparently I forgot to email it to who I was supposed to this week. But I want to suggest to you that the palaces back in this particular day and time were large buildings that were built in the shape of a square or a rectangle. And these rooms in the palace were, were built around this square. And inside this palace would be a large courtyard. And there would be rooms on every side facing this large courtyard. And there would also be a strong gate or a door that would lead from the outside into the courtyard. Now, this particular servant girl was there at the gate. She was the gatekeeper. She was the one that had been hired by the high priest. I think it'd be good maybe to turn to John's gospel and notice one thing here briefly in John chapter 18. I think we need to realize that Peter only actually got inside into the courtyard because of the help of John. In John 18, verse 15, then Simon Peter followed Jesus, so did another disciple. That disciple, John, was known unto the high priest. He went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest, but Peter stood at the door without. He didn't have a ticket. He couldn't get in. He's outside. And the Bible says, then went out that other disciple which was known to the high priest and spake unto her that kept the door and brought Peter in. And so you see, Peter only got in because John knew the high priest. John apparently had already gone inside. And so John came back out and spake to the woman that kept the door and she allowed Peter to come on inside. Well, when Peter came in, this servant girl said in verse 69, you were also with Jesus of Galilee. Now, this is not really a formal accusation at this point. But the Bible says that Peter denied before them all saying, I know not what you say. I have no idea what you're talking about. Now, Mark's account tells us that when that happened, verse 68, that Peter immediately went out into the porch 
You know, Peter just didn't hang around there very long at all. And the time of this was probably around midnight. When Peter first denied the Lord, chances are very good it was around the hour of midnight. Now, when Peter denies the Lord a second time, he does this to another servant girl and also to some other individuals that are present as well. If you look at Matthew 26, 71, and when he was gone out into the porch, another servant girl saw him and said unto them that were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And he again denied with an oath, I know not the man. Now, if you look at Luke's account of this second denial, you look in Luke 22 and verse 56, but a certain servant girl beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked on him and said, this man was also with him. Now, evidently what happened here is this second servant girl came out and let me tell you, she really fastened her eyes upon Peter. She really looked him over. You know, women have that kind of capability. You know, when we go out to a restaurant sometimes, I can't even remember what the waitress looks like to ask for refills on my tea or my drink or whatever. You know, but, you know, the ladies know exactly what everybody's wearing, don't they? I mean, they really look you over. You know, they can tell exactly how you're dressed and what you have on and how your hair's fixed and, you know, your makeup and so forth. So apparently this maid came out and boy, she really looked Peter over good. And she said to him and to the others, you also were there. And because of her insistency, he denied with an oath saying, I just don't know the man. But this third denial, according to Luke 22 and verse 59, takes place about one hour later. It was about one hour after Peter denied the Lord a second time. We really don't know what time it was. It may have been 2 or 3 a.m., but here Peter denies the Lord a third time. And the third time he does this, it's before a lot of people. It just seems like that that everybody's seemingly starting to suspect Peter. If you look at Luke 22 and verse 59, the Bible says, and about the space of one hour after, another confidently affirmed of a truth, this fellow was also with him. I mean, there's no doubt in this guy's mind. This fellow was with Jesus. He is one of his disciples. In verse 25 of John 18, And Simon Peter stood, and as he warned himself, they said therefore to him, Are you not also one of his disciples? If you look at Matthew's account of this third denial in Matthew 26, 73, After a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Now, folks, by this time, Peter is in hot water. When he first walked out into the inner court and into the courtyard, he was accused of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, and he denied it. He immediately went out of the porch, and and there someone else says, you are also one of his disciples, but again, he denied it. 
And then he came out into the courtyard once again, and there were several who said, this man was also with Jesus. And, and Peter began to curse and to swear, I know not the man. And when you stop and look at the situation here, there was all kinds of suspicion aroused about Peter. Everybody, it seems, is, is beginning to point their finger at Peter. There were people talking about Peter being the Lord's disciple. There were people saying, we know you are the Lord's disciple. You know, folks, that would be enough to get anybody excited. You know, especially somebody like Peter, who, whose personality is that he's so very excitable to begin with. And so what did Peter do? The Bible says in verse 74, he began to curse and swear, saying, I know not the man, and immediately the cock crew. All of them were saying, you're the Lord's disciple. You were with him. And Peter began to invoke curses upon Jesus Christ. I swear I don't know who the Son of God is. I don't know the man. I don't know what you're talking about. And the Bible says, immediately the cock crew. And at that very instance, according to Luke's account in Luke twenty-two sixty-one, the Bible says the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. Now, when the cock crew, when the Lord turned and looked on Peter, that really devastated that man. It cut Peter to the heart, and he went out and wept bitterly. At this time, though, I want us to observe Peter's gradual fall. You know, when Peter fell, when he denied the Lord, it didn't happen all at once. He just didn't turn his back and, and start denying Jesus Christ all at once. It was a gradual process. And when we fall away from the Lord, that's exactly the way it is today. When we begin to become unfaithful to God, it doesn't happen all at once. It, it's a gradual process. You know, the first step that Peter made to get away from the Lord is in Matthew 26, 33, when he said, Lord, though all men shall be offended because of you, I'll never be offended. Peter's problem here is he's too overconfident. He's putting all of his trust in himself. He's saying, Lord, there's no way I will ever do this. And whenever a person has too much self-confidence, too much self-trust, that can be very fatal indeed because all of us as human beings need to realize how weak and how frail we are. We need to understand that we are weak and we ought never just to say there's no way I will ever do this or that. You know, when parents say about their children, there's no way my child will ever do this. Well, <laughs> you may be surprised one day, right? We need to realize that self-confidence can be very dangerous. Peter was not lacking in self-confidence at all. He said, I will never be offended. And yet Jesus said in John 15 and verse 5, without me, you can do nothing. 
Paul drew his strength from Christ. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Our confidence must come from the Lord and not in ourselves. And so the first step in Peter's denial was when he became overconfident. Now, the next step was when the Lord was arrested. The Bible says the disciples forsook him and fled, Peter included. Every one of them ran away. They were frightened. The next step was that Peter turned around and he began to follow the Lord from afar off. It wasn't close like it had used to have been. You know, before when Peter was with the Lord, you know, he was right there with the Son of God. When the Lord was there in the garden, Peter was right there. There at the Last Supper, Peter was right there with Jesus Christ. There on the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter was right there with the Lord. He saw the whole thing when Jesus called Lazarus forth from the grave and he who had been dead for four days came forth bound in grave clothes. Peter was there with the Lord. But now Peter has become somewhat lost in the crowd and now he's trying to follow the Lord from afar off. Could it be maybe sometimes that we are a lot like Peter? Maybe at one time we were really dedicated to the Lord, faithfully serving him, close to him. But now we're trying to perhaps follow him from afar off. Maybe we become somewhat lost in the crowd about us and, and we follow Jesus, but not too closely. You know, we don't want to, to be seen as that distinctive individual. We, we just kind of want to blend in with everybody else. I think Peter's next step in his fall was that he went on in and he sat down with the enemies of Jesus Christ, Luke twenty-two fifty-five. He went in there where the Lord's accusers were, and the Bible says he sat down and warmed himself. And when Peter sat down with the enemies of Jesus Christ, that led him to the great temptation for him to deny that Jesus Christ was even known by him to be the Son of God. And friends, that very same thing will happen today. When we get away from the Lord and we begin to hang around the enemies of our Lord, if we're not careful, the Bible warns us in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, don't be deceived. Evil companionships will corrupt good morals. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care what kind of background you have spiritually. You hang around with the wrong people, they're going to bring you down. And could it be sometimes that, that we just sit among those in the world, that we sit among those who are the enemies of Christ? Does not the Bible say in James 4 and verse 4, you adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that friendship with the world is enmity with God? You know, 1 John 2 and verse 15 says, don't love the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, the next step in Peter's falling away was when he actually denied the Son of God. And when you stop and look at it, that's just a logical course. First of all, he's overconfident. 
Secondly, he began to follow Jesus from afar off. And, and then he went and sat down with the enemies of our Lord. You know, living and following a course like that would just logically lead an individual to go ahead and deny the Son of God. And the same thing is true with us today in the world in which we live. When we today are at the wrong place with the wrong people at the wrong time, I don't care who you are, if we're not careful, we are going to deny him by failing to stand up for him. You see, when Peter got away from the Lord, it was a gradual process. And that's why every one of us, we need to stop and ask ourselves about our relationship with God. Am I close to the Lord? Am I really close to him as I need to be? Am I following him the way I should? Or, you know, if I look at my life, can I see that maybe gradually, step by step, over a period of time, I've, I've just drifted away from the Lord? That's what Peter did. That's the way sin is. But let's look now quickly at Peter's repentance. When Peter came back to the Lord, it wasn't gradual at all. When Peter came back to the Lord and made his life right, it was immediate. His repentance was genuine. It wasn't like Judas. You'll recall when Judas betrayed the Lord, the Bible says that he repented himself, but it wasn't a godly sorrow. It wasn't a genuine repentance. The Bible says Judas went out and hung himself. But when Peter repented, it was genuine. When the cock crew and the Lord turned and, and looked upon Peter, he was filled with godly sorrow. He went out and wept bitterly. Peter made his life right with God. And folks, today, repentance is the same way. When we resolve that we're going to come back to God, it is immediate. Peter was immediately restored. You know, a sinner outside of Jesus Christ can make his life right with God all at once if he obeys the gospel. When that individual knows that he's lost and he knows that his faith in Christ and Jesus Christ being the son of God, that's what's going to save him and that leads him to repent of his sins, to be baptized into Christ upon the confession of his faith. That person is immediately upon rising from that watery grave, a new creation. You know, Peter actually became stronger after he had fallen because he was the kind of individual that even though he made mistakes like all of us do, he would learn from his mistakes. And sometimes we as Christians, when, when we get away from God, even over a period of time, we can come back to God. We can make our lives right. We can acknowledge our sins. We can ask God to forgive us in prayer. But briefly, quickly, in the time we have left, just briefly, let's look at some lessons that we need to take home with us today that will help us. First of all, we need to learn the danger of overconfidence. Peter said, though I should die with you, I will not deny you. Sometimes we have that problem as well. We, in effect, say there's no way that something is going to happen to me. Maybe we get into situations. I know this is especially true of young people. We get into situations that we really know we don't need to be in, and we'll say, well, I'm not actually going to participate in this, or I'm not going to be involved in that. And we get in with the wrong people. We get in the wrong place, and before you know it, 
were actually participating in what they're participating in. You see the danger of overconfident. I might also suggest that we can learn that special favors don't keep an individual from becoming unfaithful. You think about what Peter was. He was an apostle of Jesus Christ. Peter had been endued with the power of working miracles. Peter was one in the inner circle of our Lord. He had been with the Lord for three and a half years. But even though he had those special favors, if you please, it didn't cause him and keep him from becoming unfaithful. Sometimes today it may be that we've been blessed with many things. Maybe we've grown up in the church. Maybe we've been blessed with a lot of talent or a lot of wisdom. Even though we may be blessed in many ways, even spiritually, that's not going to keep us from becoming unfaithful. But let's also get this today, that sin is always progressive. It gets worse and worse. That's exactly what happened to Peter. There he was. He was overconfident to begin with. He forsook the Lord. He fled from the Lord. He followed the Lord from afar off. He went in and sat down with the enemies of the Lord. He denied the Lord. He began to curse and to swear saying, I don't even know who Jesus Christ is. And that's what sin does in our lives as well. The longer we stay in sin, the further we get away from the Lord. When you involve your life in sin, you will go further than you ever intended to go. You will stay longer than you ever intended to stay. And you're going to pay much, much more than you ever intended to pay. I think another lesson we learn from Peter is that sin and bad company often lead to ruin and temptation. You know, if Peter on that occasion had just gone on inside the palace and stood with Jesus Christ, I don't believe Peter would have ever denied the Lord. But he was in with the wrong company. He went down and sat with the accusers of God's son. And there among the enemies of our Lord, he kept quiet about his allegiance to Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, he cursed and swore saying, I don't know who Jesus is. I believe we can learn from this if, if we will let people know who we are and where we stand and what we believe, there's not going to be nearly the temptations that we have to deal with. You know, suppose Peter on that occasion had said when somebody came to him by the fire, you are also one of his disciples. Suppose Peter said, yes, I am. I'm going to stand with my Lord and I'm proud to. You know, it takes a lot of courage to let people know that we have conviction. It takes a lot of courage and stamina to let people know that we stand for certain things. But think about it. Once people know where you stand, that's going to do away with a lot of those temptations that people may try to bring at you because they know who you are. You've let them know that you believe what you believe and you're going to stand firmly for what you believe. And if we'll go ahead and be forthright in that way, then maybe we won't have to suffer so many temptations. And I think we need to see from Peter that our speech says a lot about who we are. Peter's speech very obviously showed that he was from Galilee. Today our speech shows the kind of people that we are. You know, our neighbors, our friends, our associates, they hear what we say. 
And the words that we speak say a lot about who we are. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. By Peter's speech, he denied the Son of God. What about our speech today as we go to school or at work? Are the things that we say said in a way that bring glory and honor to God, or do we deny that Jesus is God's Son by what we say? But you know, I think about Peter and I think about his situation, and I want to suggest for the very last lesson that I'm going to talk about today that we can be guilty of some terrible sin. I mean, just something awful. And yet we can still be permitted to work for the Lord. You know, we think Peter did a terrible thing in what he did there. I don't know of much worse anybody could do than what Peter did. Paul was one before his conversion that actually had part in killing Christians. He was exceedingly mad against the church. Peter denied the Son of God. He forsook him when the Lord needed the most. And yet, what did Peter do about his sin? He repented. He got forgiveness of that. He began to faithfully serve the Lord as best as he could. And 50 days later, who's the chief spokesman on the day of Pentecost? It's none other than Peter. Just 50 days earlier, he had denied that he knew who the Son of God was. And now he's fearfully and forcefully proclaiming Jesus Christ as the Son of God. And today we might say that we wouldn't even let Peter lead the close in prayer, much less, you know, present the lesson, you know, after what he did just 50 days earlier. And so we need to understand today that no matter what we've done in the past, if we will change our lives, if we will genuinely repent and turn back to the Lord, he will forgive us and we can be effective and fruitful in the service of God. We're singing the song of encouragement this morning and as we do so, Peter denied the Lord by cursing and swearing. Maybe you've never done that. Maybe you've never stood up before people and said, I deny Jesus as the Son of God. But there's many, many more ways that we even do more harm in denying the Son of God. That's when we deny him by our actions, by our speech, by our influence. But today, forgiveness can be yours. If you need to respond to heaven's call, we ask that you come now while we stand and sing.